0: Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. So, Paige, today we're going to talk about hearts changing and turning the tide and and making an impression on somebody else's heart and how to do that. In fact, doing good turns for people has a power to change their their whole heart, their mindset. It inspires them. We're going to talk about how, share a fun a couple of stories that might people might resonate with, which will be a lot of fun. But before we do that today, as is the tradition on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we are going to share a fun family activity. So Paige, this family activity is one that I know we did when you were younger. It was kind mm-hmm. of a a new thing that came out and and all of you have done it multiple times in fact we usually do it with our cousins Mm -hmm. because they really have gotten into it over the years (laughs) a lot more than we have but um it's a fun thing to do when you go places just randomly so it's geocaching I don't know if you've been geocaching before or if you even know what it is but if you don't
1: it's, it's been a hot minute for me at least but yeah
0: yeah. So, but if you don't, you can just look up geocaching on the website, and basically, what you do—I mean, there's apps for geocaching, you know. So it's really easy to find the little geocaches.
1: But I see you might want to explain what a geocache is. Yeah. For okay. People who don't know.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, so people will hide little things. Maybe it's a little box or a little tube. Or something that that is usually watertight and, you know, and they'll put it in a place that's maybe slightly sheltered that other people aren't going to really find it unless they're looking. Yeah. So it's like a treasure, okay? And sometimes inside the geocache there's, like, surprises, okay? (laughs) So sometimes there's, like, a piece of paper where it's, like, a scroll and you just write, like, your name and the date you came and and where you know where you're from or something you know and 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 that's just it but sometimes you open it up and there's like little like bracelets or special rocks or you know or different things depending on how big the geocache is like if it's a large one or a small one but they're little treasures, you get coordinates for it, and then, and then little clues through these apps, the geocaching apps, and you do have to create a, like a, a sign in to the apps, right, so you're gonna have like to a go profile. And, yes, exactly, and so then, um. I mean, it's kind of like your little hub of where you've been and what you've done. Anyway, but then you can go and you might be somewhere, you know, maybe you're like, oh, we're going to go to the Grand Canyon just for a family trip. Well, while you're there, you might say, I wonder if there's some geocaches around because there might be. Chances are there are some, right? Or maybe you're going to go and see some Just little thing, you know, that's part of your local heritage. Maybe there's a a Civil War reenactment or a Pony Express reenactment or something like that. So we live not too far from one of the Pony Express trails. And one time we were going to see a Pony Express reenactment and the cousins were with us. And they're like, hey, we checked. There's a geocache right by here. (laughs) Like, Oh, well, that's kind of fun. So then all of a sudden while they're waiting, you know, for the Pony Express thing to happen, because it's kind of a fast thing. You go, you wait. You don't exactly know what time the horse is going to show up and they're going to change and do their Pony Express thing. But then they're off again.
1: Yeah, it's actually a really fun experience.
0: Yeah. So during that time, while they were waiting, they're like looking for geocaches and then they found (laughs) one and it had little bracelets in it, which was really cute about the Pony Express and everybody got to take a little thing. Oh, and you know, you're supposed to replace it. That's another thing you're supposed to do. So if you take something, you're supposed to have something with you that you replace it with. So Mm -hmm. So it's like this little treasure trove. Nobody has to babysit it. It just keeps little treasures keep appearing there, and then the person who runs the geocache probably occasionally goes and takes a look, but for fancies. Yeah, that's geocaching. And it's fun. And you might be surprised. There might be geocaches at your local park, in some of the woods by your house, you know, different things along a little trail you've walked on tons of times and you never knew. And there was a little treasure there. And (laughs) what child does not love searching for a treasure? It's true. I mean, that's what we did when we were harvesting potatoes. Yeah, you just search. For tre- <laughs> that's true. It's not quite the same as geocaching. A lot harder work, but it is. it's like <laughs> treasure hunting, right? We love that. That's what we turned our potato digging into
1: <laughs> to make it fun.
0: We get so excited when we found a big one, right? Like, wow. <laughs>
1: yeah. One that we didn't accidentally chop in half. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Wow, it's intact. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. All right, so let's talk about doing a good turn. And what this does for people's hearts, okay, because I think sometimes we don't realize how much impact that we can have on other people in such simple ways. So we were just as a family in Puerto Rico. And when we were there, we had different drivers who would take us different places. You know, every day we were meeting new drivers and talking to them and stuff about different things. And one day, Um, it was on a Sunday, we were going to church and our normal driver that was supposed to take us to church. She couldn't do it. So she arranged for one of her friends who was a driver to take us. And we were trying to explain where the church was. And he said, oh, I know where your church is. (laughs) And I said, oh, you do? And he said, yeah. He said, you know, back when Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico, And there was just so much devastation. He's like, there are so many people that would have died, like literally died if it wouldn't have been for your church. And I was like, whoa. So he started telling me this story. And he said, yeah. He's like, so I got called to be a driver to just pick some people up for the airport. And they happened to be people from your church that were like, kind of you know higher up people and I said oh okay and he said you know then they they employed me for the whole time and he said and I never knew what we would be doing but I was so glad that I got to be part of it and and he explained how there was a place on the island kind of far away from where a lot of the devastation hit and that they had our church had a plane that would come in sometimes multiple times a day and they would go and they would meet this plane and they would drop off people like just anyone from the villages and the cities around who had people in the mainland of the united states like family members that they wanted to go and stay with but they couldn't get off the island you know, because maybe the airport was damaged, or maybe they didn't have the money, or whatever, and so they flew them uh, there. But before they did that, they unloaded the plane with all of these goods, and and then they took all of this stuff. Like he had this huge, this huge tour bus van thing, and um, it was like a kind of like a mini bus. And they would fill the whole thing up with all this food and, and provisions from off of the airplane. He's like, and then the leaders of your church would sit in my van and they'd just be like, let's go there. Let's go over to that neighborhood. Let's go to those people. And we would just stop and we would give people water and food and diapers and all the things they needed. And, And he's like, and they didn't care if the people were part of your church or not. They just gave it to everybody. And he said, this made such an impression on me. He's like, I will never forget that. He said, your church doesn't just talk the talk. It walks the walk. And he's like, I couldn't believe that they just drove around the island, giving all this stuff off and offering to transport people off the island if they needed it and just doing it for free day after day after day. Anyway, he shared this story with me. In fact, he shared it with me like multiple times. One time on the phone before he picked us up and then another time when we were driving with him, he showed, shared more details and he was just so impressed, you know, And, um, and he said, I would gladly take you to church. And he said, you don't have to pay me anything. I would gladly do that. And um, because he's like, he goes, I feel like it would be a small amount of payback because I know the people in your church, you all donate money to the relief efforts of stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And so he was so touched and I, and I couldn't get, I I mean, I don't, I don't know if that story will ever leave my mind, (laughs) you know? I mean, when you find out, because, you know, in our, in our, uh, in our religion, we do, we all donate, we fast. And then we, we take the money that would have paid for food we would have eaten. And then we donate it to um, this type of humanitarian relief relief fund. Yeah. Yeah. For things around the world. And um, and, and to hear the fruits of that, right. Cause you don't ever, I mean, you never usually get to hear a firsthand account, mm-hmm. a story like that of, of maybe, you know, in a small way, how you donating a little bit of money and skipping some meals ha- has made a difference in somebody else's life. I'm going to get teary in somebody else's life around the world, And, uh, and it just, you know, you don't usually ever get to hear the, the thanks and feel the thanks and the gratitude. Yeah. It was just so beautiful. I wanted to just take this guy and hug him, but you know, COVID and I thought that would freak (laughs) him out. But I, I mean, I wanted to just take this man and just give him the biggest hug. And he had found out too, that we had been scammed. For, um, for one of the trips, yeah. Yeah, one of the trips that we'd gone on. And he's like, you give me that information. I will check into that. He's like, I think I know that tour group. I'll, I'll help get your money back. I mean, he was like so happy to help us. It was beyond belief. Never thinking he would get a thing out of it. He knew we were leaving the next day. It's not like he was trying to get more tr- more driving trips out of us or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, and he didn't need to, he clearly has a good business. It's thriving, but, but he, he just wanted to, you know what I mean? Like he wanted to do good things, good works, because there were people in my church who did good works for people that he loved and for, for
1: his people.
0: And I'm like, oh my word. Isn't that the beautiful, I mean, that's the Christian spirit that's supposed to make the world go round, right? (laughs) I mean, that's the, that's what one good turn, you know, a lot of people say one good turn deserves another, but one good turn creates a domino effect of good turns. If the person's heart is truly open.
1: Yeah. Cause you can do, you can do acts of service, um, but not, you know, want to be able to serve when people ask for things. So, like, something that I noticed lately mm-hmm. is, like, some people's mindsets are, yeah, I'll serve when I want to. But if people ask me to do something, eh, that's, you know, that's not convenient for me.
0: Mm, yeah, that's okay. So, you, you've, like, keyed into something. True service is a full condition of heart if you truly serve someone then you truly love someone and there isn't Mm -hmm. inconvenience
1: yeah no and i've actually noticed that because there's there's certain people be like oh yeah of course you need to be driven 30 minutes yeah i got you you know and then other people that you know should be receiving the same treatment i'm like excuse me you need to be driven 30 minutes where you know yeah, like, well, aren't you going to ask or whatever? I mean, there's
0: there's like this, this well, I deserve something then if I'm going to do something nice for you. And that is not a fully loving heart. That's not no, it's, full it, service.
1: It's definitely an entitled mindset. And it's something that actually requires self-government to get out of. Um, So this is something that I have struggled with in the past myself, which is why I'm, you know, I'm ready to recognize it. And it's something that's easy for me to recognize. Um, And I've realized that, you know, I've had to really analyze every situation where I've caught myself being entitled and I'm like, Oh my goodness, I am so sorry. Can I rephrase that? (laughs) You know, or let's try that again. (laughs) Uh, There'll be times I'm like, you know, hey, so-and-so, you should probably do that. I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. Let me try that again. You know, would you, could you do this for me, please? Mm-hmm. You know, cause it's that just saying it differently also shows an amount of respect for the people that you care about. Mm-hmm. And the way you talk to people shows how much you respect them.
0: Yeah. But on the other side of that, there's some people who, if, if you say to them, Oh, Hey, can you do this? Or I need you to, I need your help with this. That they look like, well, you didn't ask nicely. (laughs) Right. And it's like, well, but that's not, it doesn't have to be that way. Everyone should have the heart that is like happy to help. Right. Right. Happy to help, happy to show gratitude, happy to like all of it goes together when everybody's hearts are in the right place. In fact, sure. that's what creates united hearts. But if you start feeling like you deserve certain words or certain treatments on either side of it, then it changes it.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: for, for both people, whoever's involved.
1: Yeah. No, in fact, a recent situation when I first found out that I was pregnant um, my brain immediately went to entitled mode and, um, I thought, okay, I'm pregnant, which means I don't have to do as much, which means Joseph, you got to step up your game, you know? And so it was interesting that I realized shortly after, you know, my mind kind of did that flip. I'm like, Oh, things are not going well. (laughs) Um, Joseph is getting angry a lot quicker and, um, um, you know, I am getting more and more upset with him because my expectations aren't being met, you know, for whatever reason. And I'm like, okay, this is not, this is not okay. (laughs) But I feel like that's, that's also common. Like, especially with, you know, maybe people who have been in an accident, they expect certain treatment or, you know, people who have a certain life change. They're like, Oh, I deserve, you know, this, that, and the other. But what I realized was no, no, I don't deserve anything. I am here to serve and to love and to do what I can. And then to ask nicely for help for the things that I can't, you know, so I still have to put forth effort Mm -hmm. to make things happen and to contribute to my marriage and contribute to my family. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was an interesting thing to come to the realization of that, uh, Cause that's not necessarily something that I had experienced to that magnitude before. Yeah. And
0: um, so this is a really awesome realization to have, especially early on in marriage, because there's a lot of people get that get trapped in that for years. Well, look what I do. You don't do as much as me. Look what I do, yeah. you know? And it's like, wait, it's not about a comparison. Did you want to serve the other person? Then, Then don't do. talk about it. Yeah. Because there's your reward. If you're going to complain, there's your reward. In fact, I always told myself that, um, as a, as a mom and as a wife, I always was like, I have to love it. I have to love every bit of it. I have to choose to love it because it's a choice and I have to choose to work hard no matter what. And my reward is going to be in a whole other realm. Okay. God knows my heart. God knows what I've done and he will bless me in whatever way.
1: If you think about it, like for me, I'm going to be a mother with a child who is 110%, you know, dependent on me. And so if I'm selfish and entitled and I go, you know, and maybe Joseph comes home from work and he's tired and the house is a mess. And I go, excuse me, I've been taking care of children all day. Like, I expect you to help. That's awful of me, you know, because. Well,
0: yeah, totally it is because it's just going to create division in your yeah, life.
1: Yeah. And so when you don't have, when or when you have that mindset of being entitled, then it totally gets in the way and you're letting your emotions take over. And when you let emotions take over your judgment and your decision-making, then you are not practicing self-government at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: so that's, that's something I realized. And I realized also that it was bleeding over into my schoolwork. And so me being entitled about what I deserve, I found that I was falling behind in my schoolwork because I didn't want to do it.
0: Mmm. Yeah. So it gets into everything. You just kind of get lazy and yeah. snotty and yeah, no, it, it's a disease, honestly, because if you don't have that heart that wants to do good, then, um, then you don't feel joyful. You feel selfish when you're selfish. You are not happy. There is not joy. And that's the thing you're always
1: looking for. Okay. What more do I deserve? What more do I need to have mm -hmm. instead of, Oh, I am so happy with what I have. I love the people that are in my life. And, you know, I'm, I'm always of course going to be striving to be a better person, but Mm -hmm. I love what I have.
0: Well, here's the thing too, is that if you really want good bonding with someone When you give of yourself to them fully and freely, you give of yourself to them, expecting nothing in return. Now this is important, (laughs) expecting nothing in return. That person, they become open-minded. They see things your way all of a sudden. They care about where you're coming from all of a sudden. I will always remember Tony, the driver because he showed I mean he he could have been going to his own church he was dressed for church and and he might have even dressed for like that just for us honestly Mm -hmm. he dressed really nice and I thought he's probably waiting to go to his own church he might even be missing his own church to take us to church and it just touched my heart so we had another driver named Francisco who took us off to see the rainforest and stuff like that and um And we ended up talking to him quite a bit and the family was playing at one point in the beach and stuff. And, and I was just sitting there talking to him and he said, your family is different than, than most people I take on trips. (laughs) He's like, you guys are just so, so different. You, you're kind, you're open. You talk to me, you um, you're kind to each other. You're not just on your devices. Like there's a difference, you know, with your family and anyway, but we started talking and we even ended up talking about some of his political views because he shared them and we asked questions about them and we cared. And yeah, we um, weren't
1: judgmental, but we, we yeah. cared about his opinion.
0: Yeah. We wanted to hear what his, you know, thoughts were on, on Island life and on the politics and on different things related to Puerto Rico. And anyway, cause it's interesting to us, mm-hmm. you know? So anyway, so we were, so while everyone was playing, he and I were sitting and talking for probably a good, I don't know, 40 minutes or something and talking about, um, different, you know, different ideas, political ideas, leadership ideas, self-government ideas. I was telling him some things about (laughs) self-government and and the stuff that we do. And he was telling me things, but he's like, you know what? He's like, normally I am this type of political mindset and you are this type of political mindset. (laughs) And he's like, and normally we, I can't even believe we're having these conversations because you guys are totally different politically than me, yeah, I guess. but I actually feel like I agree with you on almost <laughs> everything. That's what he told me. He's like, I feel like I agree with you on almost everything. And I said, well, because truth is truth wherever you find it. And when it comes right down to it, most people recognize the truth, but they see different pieces of it in different political things or mm-hmm. whatever. But in the end, People generally agree. They, they actually have consensus on what is true unless. they get
1: so caught up in the emotions of that they're mm-hmm. different that they don't see that and they don't take the time to actually find out those truths that they do agree on.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, so the thing was, is that he wanted to hear my views because I had taken so much time to listen to his views. Mm -hmm. Like for the whole first half of, well, all in the car ride, we asked him question after question about what he thought and what he was taught, you know, what he cared about and his country and all this kind of stuff. And he shared so many things. And then we
1: included him as part of our trip.
0: Yeah. And then when we were sitting there on the beach and you guys were playing in the water, I was ta- I asked him more and more stuff and he shared his ideas and I was like very interesting and we talked for quite some time and then halfway through he mentioned something and I said well you know this is actually kind of where I'm at on this and and then I started sharing but because I had given of myself for so many hours already in the day listening to where he was coming from and I clearly was open minded mm-hmm. and accepted him for who he was then he was like open-minded for me and in the end he he was like he we got in the car and he says to my family you guys have an amazing mom yeah no he's like
1: you guys know you have an amazing mother right and we're like oh yeah (laughs) it was just super sweet that he said that i'm like
0: oh that was really nice because his personality is not the type i don't think that would just blurt that out like he's a little bit more reserved and so i thought wow He really felt like a connection Mm -hmm. to me, even though we have so many things that are different. And so, anyway, I, um, but I was talking to him about self government. So, Paige, you've hit on something big, and that is that self government, which is everything that we talk about here on the Teaching Self Government uh, podcast, is it's is a key part of this so with your own experience you had to chat you had to decide to give yourself a no answer for the complaining a no answer for whatever it is the attitude the entitlement okay then you have to give yourself an instruction that you're going to serve so you have to instruct yourself forward and if things go off or somebody you know want something from you that you feel like you can't do at the time there's another skill for that too and that skill is called disagreeing appropriately and these are three Mm -hmm. of the four basic skills that we teach to people for their self-government so if your children are going to learn to have that soft and caring service heart um i always would say you know to, to my children when I could just tell their hearts were just so kind. I would say, Oh, you have a servant's heart right now, you know? Um, and that's just the way I describe it because it's a heart. It's a condition of heart when you it truly is. love to serve another person. It's not just an action and there's a lot of different ways to do it. You know, you can give of your time, listen to somebody's you know point of view. You can give of, you know, goods. You can, um, you know, help somebody from point A to point B. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can serve and give of yourself, Um, but it does require a certain change of heart. And one of the ways you teach your children is for them to have a good condition of heart when they need to serve the family. Mm -hmm. So when you give them instruction and you say, I need you to, you know, uh, take your dish over, please, And they can do all five steps. They can look at you, keep a calm face, voice, and body, say okay, or ask to disagree appropriately, and then do the task immediately and then check back. Then you know that their heart is fine doing something for the family, right? You might even go the next level. You know, I I might say to Porter, "Um, hey, Porter, I need you to come out and work with me in the yard for a couple of hours, okay? That's a big give, right? A couple of hours in the summer, every day or whatever to work in the yard. It's a big yeah, gift. Especially
1: for someone with his schedule.
0: Yeah. And I know it's a big give, but for him to be able to say, okay, and willingly go and do it, teaches him that in his life forever, it's okay to willingly go and do it. In fact, he sees himself differently with a different role in the family. So I don't know if you've read the Rolls book, if you're listening to this, but there's a book called Rolls, the Secret to Family, Business, and Social Success. And it's written by, surprise, yeah. surprise, Nicolene <laughs> <laughs> It's written by me. Um, but this book is awesome because we see this family in this story, in this book, because it's a story, but it teaches as you go through the story. You see this family who doesn't want to serve each other at all. They're totally And it's actually a pretty entitled. typical
1: family of today's world. You'll read and go, "Oh, that's pretty typical."
0: Yeah, super typical. And they don't want to serve each other. They're like, "Nah, I'm busy. on my game. My, you know, whatever." And they don't, they don't want to. And the parents are like, "Our kids are so selfish. How <laughs> do we get them to not be selfish?" And they're like, "How about we, you know, teach them to work and stuff?" But they don't want to do that either. And then they're like, "What do we do?" Anyway, so then they go through this process of teaching them their roles and also teaching them skills. And you get to see them go through this process. It's super awesome. Look it up. It's, it's at teachingselfgovernment.com. You can get that book. It's also on Audible. If you like to listen to audiobooks, you can find it there as well, which is a lot of fun. Um, There was a time when my family struggled with serving each other. They would follow instructions, but not serve each other. And I noticed it was a problem. And so in a family meeting, we had a family meeting about it. And I said, you guys, we got to come up with something. And And I suggested, how about we have a bean jar that has a jar in it with beans and then one that's empty. And anytime you do something when someone asks you to do something for them. So not just any random instruction from mom and dad, but like, When one of your siblings or somebody else says, hey, can you get me a cup out of the cupboard? Hey, can you warm this up for me in the microwave? Hey, can you get me my whatever? Whenever someone asks you to do something and you actually do it, then you can put five beans. uh, No, it was one bean. It was one bean. Yeah, we had to work for for every time. Yeah, (laughs) sorry. That wasn't a five bean one. That was a one bean one. And then, But you guys figured something out really quick. You, You would say oh um, hey can you do something for me and they'd be like oh sure and then I'd say oh that was really great you just helped somebody so kindly you were willingly doing it you can put a bean in and then they'd say to the other person hey can you put that bean in for me and then they'd, they'd be like oh yeah sure and then I'd say oh that was really nice of you to help somebody put their bean in the jar it looks like you can put another bean in because you you know whatever and so all of a sudden we were getting two for two for one on the beans yes, a yes but- so
1: we were working the system and It was beautiful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that this happens. You figured out that you could do that, you know, because you're smart. But the point was at the end of filling that bean jar up, we went and did a fun family activity, something we had worked toward that we wanted to do. And And it was a goal. And our family changed. So at, at that point, then the family actually felt like oh it's okay to do nice things for other people Mm -hmm. I think it's important for the parents to set the example that's something I've always tried to do it doesn't mean I'm perfect at it we all have to pull ourselves back into alignment you know from time to time but I always tried to oh you need something oh sure happy to help you know oh you need something yes I will do that for you and just without question I'm going to help if I ever can I'm going to help and I know my husband tries to do the same thing with the children whenever, you know, whenever we can. Oh, you need help with your car? Oh, you need help with this? Oh, you need, like we're happy to help any way we can. And this shows love. But if it starts producing entitlement, then, then sometimes you got to, you know, talk to the other people too. But usually the other people learn the lesson through your example. Truly one good turn changes hearts. Let's stop thinking in terms of one good turn deserves another. One good turn creates another. Inspires another. Inspires another. Exactly. It's a domino effect and it, it makes relationships beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So thank you so much for joining us on the teaching self-government podcast. If you would like to find out more things about self-control, about teaching your children self-government, self-control, getting your family on the same page and uniting and bonding together in in more tight ways with more love then be sure to go to the teaching self-government website which is teaching self-government.com we also have a youtube channel if you look up nicolene peck or teaching self-government on youtube you'll also find a lot of extra helps there we will talk to you again next time Bye-bye. bye bye You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.